Hello and welcome to a Wednesday, November 8th edition of the Sports Ethos NBA DFS Today podcast. I'm your host, Harris Kermani, and I've got my guy, Ramiz, as always, to be able to go ahead and break down what seems to be becoming a larger slate every time we have to do a walk-in on a Wednesday, probably more so because yesterday, or well, tonight, really, we happens to be a day off in the NBA as far as games are concerned, looking like uh, you know the NBA is encouraging people to go out and vote in their local state elections and whatever other runnings are happening over there, which is which is cool. That's all, it's all good, but it does leave us with 14 games to be able to jump in and talk about. But uh, before we do that, as always, Ramiz, man, great to have you. Always, always a fun Wednesday to be able to jump in. How's your week been going so far? What are you looking at as far as a fantasy is in general with these like 14 games, man? It's getting wild. Uh, well, these picks that I've made, I, I, I guess I'm trying to win uh, going with these risky picks. Of course, some mm. of them are a bit, uh, you know, uh, brave. But like, uh, I didn't go too high on the slate. I don't know if maybe you did. Mm. Uh, but I guess we'll find out, huh? Yeah, no doubt. As always, before we get into it, just make sure that you're getting yourself onto sportsethos.com and getting yourself subscribed for that DFS pass. Get yourself all the insight that you're going to need, especially as Ramiz mentioned, the slates get wilder and larger and got to get a little bit riskier with how you go about setting some of these lineups up just because of how much variance there is. So you want to be on top of all the injuries. You want to be on top of exactly what the best in the business are doing. And you get that through the DFS pass access to our discord, where you can speak to our pros getting access to our daily fantasy, uh, uh, Pickums, which is all of our props, as well as taking a look at the Fantasy Pass articles that are going to come through on a daily basis as well. So definitely the place you want to be to stay on top of everything. But speaking of staying on top, I said there's just so much to be able to get in over here. And as we always try to make this you know, a little bit less rote in trying to go through 14 different games and there's just so much to be able to potentially talk about the way that uh, we like to focus in on it is based around the idea of positions because in the end when you're making your lineup of eight guys you're going to have to make some of those decisions that come with it and from our perspective here really focusing on some of these different tiers of players that could potentially fit into your lineup as your pillars to kind of build around is going to be in my opinion a more effective conversation to have so with that in mind, let's jump right into talking about the point guards. And Ramiz, I'm going to let you start off with our side over here. Uh, who are you looking at as far as point guards are concerned? Any specific tiers that are jumping out to you? What's uh, What are your thoughts? Uh, well, I didn't go too high on this. I mean, obviously, you love to look at De'Aaron Fox, 8500. It's always such an interesting pick. Of course, Tyrese Maxey has been insane. Uh, but I decided to go with Cam Thomas's 7,000. I think I'm going to quote this uh, amazing you know, sports ethos philosopher in Haris Karmani saying that if someone's on a hot streak, you have to continue to go for him. And Cam Thomas had 17 out of 33 shots, and he was able to have 45 points, I believe. And I, I wouldn't be mistaken to think he would get the same amount of shots, or at least in the 20s. And at 7,000, of course, he is going against, I believe it's uh, against the Clippers. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the Clippers did let Brunson hoop, and Cam Thomas previously literally just hooped against the Bucks. He's hooped against the Celtics, so I don't think this would be an issue for him. So as long as he keeps up that same usage uh, rate, that'd be amazing for me. Uh, I also do have some interest in 
uh, Dennis Schroeder, SEC 700, of course, Raptor fans uh, speaking here. Uh, Dennis Schroeder has been playing some amazing basketball. Uh, I think he has the most assists in the league. Uh, and I believe against Dallas, I don't, I think he might be able to put up a similar performance. Of course, they don't really have any uh, rim-protecting bigs, uh, unless you want to count Derek Lively as one. Mm. Uh, but Dennis Schroeder has been absolutely amazing in getting the Raptors players involved. Of course, Siakam has been struggling, and that's where Dennis Schroeder has been able to step up in terms of floaters and getting mid-range shots. So I do really like him as an option. At 6700 he is pricey, uh, but he's able been able to get to like around 30 uh, late 30s and 40s DK fantasy points. And on the cheaper side of things, I like Killian Hayes. Uh, he's been a guy who's continu- continuously played around like 25 to 30 minutes, I believe. And I think he's been starting these last three games as well, which has been amazing to see for if you're a Killian Hayes fan. And at 4,900, I believe he's been able to get, exceed that value in these last three games. So I'm assuming he can keep up that same performance. I didn't know Killian Hayes had fans, but you know, I guess that's that's a thing out there as well. But yes, you're absolutely right. He's gone ahead and played uh, 34 plus minutes in each of his last three games and uh, pretty well locked in as a starter alongside Cade and it's been working out well. He was on my list as well. So good that you called that out. Uh, Cam Thomas, man. You know, people go for 16 shots a game and it's like, hey, that's that's a good load for them to be able to go ahead and have. This man had 16 three-point field goal attempts in the last game over there with a total of 33 shots. I mean, look, I I had him in a lot of my lineups, obviously happy with everything that happened with regards to it, but it's getting... (laughs) getting a bit ridiculous in terms of just uh, what level of chucking we're getting with him now. Of course, he's had a hot start as far as the field is concerned. I don't know when that'll uh, that'll come <laughs> around, but the fact that his price tag is actually $100 less from what it is last time with uh, the role pre- being pretty well uh, secure until you know, the rest of Brooklyn gets back to its uh, gets back to its full health. And I think for now, you just have to uh, go ahead and do that. So definitely on board with that. I told you Scotty, by the way, would get to close to 9,000, and that's exactly what's happened here. Man's jumped all the way up to 8,900, and you know what? It's 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 the right price for him to be at, and he hasn't, again, hasn't had a single game this season below 44 DK points while he's averaging 51 out there. And this is going to be another matchup where, again, he has the advantage of having two guys on the opposing end as far as defense is concerned who are the less set, the better as far as defense he is going to have a great opportunity over here. I know you mentioned Dennis Schroeder, which I agree, a great a great option over there. But going back to you know who it is that I'm potentially spending up on, Scotty is an option here for me to be able to go ahead and make that work, given the fact that when I do get to some of these other positions, I'm finding that there's a lot more value that I'm uh, enjoying as far as uh, potential 6, 7x opportunities. So that's where I'm likely going to end up spending a little bit more of my money, which is on the guards. That being said, there is one value guard that I do think is going to start to get more interesting as time goes on. And that's going to be on the Denver side with us finding out that Jamal Murray is out for a good period of time now. And it's, it's again, it's, it's a minute situation. It's interesting. He's sitting at 3,300. I do think Colin Gillespie is going to be the guy that they end up finding more minutes for as a true point guard. They, uh, you know, have Reggie Jackson on there, but as we saw in, in the last game, if his shot's not going down, he's really not that effective otherwise, and they like using him more off the ball anyways and being able to run a little bit more with the second unit. I do expect that we're going to start to see Colin Gillespie's minutes continue to pick up here. Got up to 17 in the last game. For his price tag, it's absolutely bottom barrel. I don't think you have much to worry about as far as his floor itself is concerned. So if you're looking for a guy just to be able to get that kind of end of the uh, 
end of your lineup to get fit while you're going with some of these more expensive options, I do think he is going to be a value guy that many would want to look at as far as this slate is concerned. But jumping into the shooting guards side of things over here, where you know many of these players that uh, are of interest to me over here happen to have dual eligibility, so I could very well have talked to them uh, in the point guard section as well. But some of the uh, guys that I want to focus on from a shooting guard perspective, uh, first of all, again, not not to uh, harp too much on the uh, on the Raptors, but I just think they have a price tag area that's just very nice to be able to potentially exploit. And we saw OG get back to his, uh, to me, a more normal spate of not necessarily that he's going to hit seven of 13 from three that was obviously an insane night but him getting to a more involved role in the offense and that comes in with being able to have a few more assists a few more rebounds he was able to get seven and four alongside his uh, 24 points which as soon as you know even if he's hitting his regular 16 17 points per game which is what you probably expect around here his floor just gets so much more secure when he finds himself in a position where he can be a little bit more aggressive around the basket and Again, you mentioned Dallas not really big as far as rim protection is concerned. A great matchup for him as far as I'm as far as I see to be able to go ahead and beat that uh, 5800 price tag. Jumping a little into the uh, into the value side here cuz I said there's a couple of guys that I, I do end up liking as far as having that opportunity to be able to go 6x 7x in these kind of lineups. First is again taking advantage of injuries. We saw CJ McCollum get diagnosed with a collapsed lung. This guy had it last time around and was gone for a month. I don't, we don't know how long he's there. I hope he's all right. Being someone who actually dealt with a partially collapsed lung in in a university, not a fun time. You're going to be out for a little bit there, and it, and it seems like someone's stabbing you. So not not a fun situation. But it is fun for Jordan Hawkins, who jumped in, got 38 <laughs> minutes in the last game, and ended up putting up 19 field goal attempts, including 14 from downtown, which he connected on 50% of, to end up with a monstrous 49 and a quarter DK points tied for his 4,600 price tag. And it's sitting at around the same mark on this one, 4,700. Now, he's likely going to be a pretty popular pick uh, in this uh, in this slate for people looking for that, that little bit of value there. But... Again, if the opportunity is there to be able to take advantage, the floor is pretty well secure if he's going to be getting double-digit shot attempts for everything that he's doing on a uh, Pelicans team that really needs as many guards as possible to be able to go ahead and uh, spread out some of that uh, defensive pressure that both uh, Zion and Brandon Ingram are going to end up facing. That's where uh, a guy like Jordan Hawkins comes in, and that's where I'm looking as far as my first value. And then the other one is uh, just, again, bottom of the barrel, 3,000. Uh, Denver is just uh, is it going back to that scenario in which uh, we're seeing all these guys get potential more minutes coming around. Julian Strother, 19 minutes, 13 field goal attempts, 27 DK points in the first game that he was able to play and ended up finding himself in the closing unit as well. So again, for a guy sitting at 3000, I think it's a, a good opportunity to be able to take that and have a pretty safe floor. I mean, you hit some of the players I was going to go with it. OG, of course. I mean, he's priced at, I believe, at 5,800, mm-hmm. uh, which is pretty insane because his usage rate has gone up, especially in that last game where he hit over 50%. And, and he has been able to shoot fifty over 50% in a good amount of games, which is great to see if, uh, from our perspective. And as long as he can bring up that same uh, type of stat line, of course, not hitting seven threes, like you said, uh, but he will be playing a bunch of minutes because you're going against Luka and Kyrie. And as the best on-ball defender, they are going to be using him a lot. Uh, especially with Jordan Hawkins, like you mentioned, CJ McCollum missing 
Uh, Jordan Hawkins was a guy who replaced Brandon Ingram in the starting lineup when he was injured, and he's doing the same thing for CJ McCollum. So as long as he continues to start, uh, obviously you don't want to expect him to get that same stat line as he did, but he will be kind of still be scoring the goal, scoring the ball because, uh, I mean, that's what he's been, he's been able to get a lot, a lot of shot attempts to do so. I also decided to go for, like I said, I'm trying to I'm trying to win this slate, so I'm I'm thinking about a shade and sharp at 7600. They are going against the Kings, and the Kings have been playing uh, some pretty solid defense, but there's still always be great chances for them to have a high-scoring game. And Shaden Sharp, last three games, he's played 41, 46, and 42 minutes. He's mm-hmm. been able to average around 15 to 16 shot attempts. And, of course, he is priced up really high, but, of course, there is no Infernity Simmons, and I believe Scoot is still injured, mm-hmm. unless I'm, I'm mistaken. So I think a lot of the ball sh- uh, shots will still go to him because we obviously know the stage that Portland is in. They're not competing, so they're going to try to develop him. And he also had around eight three-point attempts. So as long as he keeps the shot attempts up, I think he is due to have a really great night, especially against Sacramento, who would allow it a loss, uh, allow it more so than other teams. And then uh, I also have Austin Reeves here. He's more of a, I guess, a pick in the sense that if Anthony Davis decides not to play, I think you can expect a lot of Lakers players to have to step up. And Austin Reeves is also on my list at 5,800, who had a great game, uh, which one is that one that he needed in a while against Miami Heat. And you're hoping he can do the same thing against Houston, especially if there's no Anthony Davis. I think at 5,800, Austin Reeves is a great uh, price where you can get a lot more value than uh, what he's giving you. And on the cheaper side of things, I decided to go with, uh, I believe it's Aaron Wiggins. And that's also kind of a pick uh, that I'm looking at mainly because Blue Door has been deemed uh, questionable for that game. And I believe if someone is going to step up and play defense in that type of role, I think Aaron Wiggins at, uh, I believe it's 3,300. Let me just double check. Yep, 3,500, 3, pardon me. And uh, he's one player who I think if he, Blue Door decides not to play, I think he will have to slot in and play those uh, huge chunk of minutes. No, that's completely fair. And I think there's a nice that what you're seeing as a, as a kind of theme over here is that there's a lot of ways that you can potentially go and you're finding a lot of value, especially at this guard position here. So you're going to have to find ways uh, to be able to see who is going to be your spend up on the night here. And, you know, that's where we're going to start to get into, at least in my opinion, getting into some of these uh, forwards and, and center slots here. But keeping in that same kind of token as far as a good mid-tier value is concerned, speaking of small forwards, you know, we got to see with uh, Jamal Murray's injury, it was quite clear that there was going to be certain guys who were going to have to step up for the Denver Nuggets as far as their offense is concerned. And the one guy that I was laser focused in on to see how he would do in that first game was Michael Porter Jr., who, even though he only ended up playing 29 minutes in a game that they won pretty comfortably, was able to still have a 8 of 16 shooting night, end up with 38 DK points, and really barely broke a sweat as far as his offense is concerned. And he's had three really good games now back to back all over 50% from the field and shooting about 45% from three in that time as well, averaging about uh, 40 DK points in that time. So just continues to be that incredibly important third option usually, but now put into a position where he's going to be that second option, a guy at 6,500 who has the ceiling to be able to get you, you know, mid to high forties as far as DK points are concerned. And a, on a pretty, realistic and regular basis, especially in a matchup that's likely going to be one of the, uh, one of the faster paced ones on the night, any games against the, uh, the golden state warriors are always good fun times as far as the nuggets are concerned. And they have been some of the more exciting games over the last uh, little bit. And I expect that MPJ is going to be the, uh, that guy to really try and exploit some of the mismatches here with the size that he has at uh, the position that he plays. 
And then the other aspect of the small of the small forward side of things, I know you already mentioned uh, Austin Reeves over there, but in that uh, in that same note, you know, the idea of the way that uh, the Lakers are kind of set up over here, I do expect that we're going to start to see you know, some of these other uh, forwards really get an opportunity to do a little bit more. And I think Cam Reddish is one who's had you know, a couple of games now where he's gotten the minutes. He's been consistently sitting at around that 30 minutes mark here, but we haven't seen those field goal attempts really come through. And that has come as a result of being on the back of quite a few guys ahead of him that have had, you know, more of the opportunities to be able to get a little bit more involved with the offense. And at 4,000, I do expect that this is going to be one of those scenarios where he will get uh, a little bit more with that. You know, as much as Austin Reeves is obviously the, the more sexy pick here and likely where a lot of guys are going. I expect that being a little bit contrarian, you might find yourself uh, with a, a pretty good spot with Cam Reddish in a matchup that I actually think could potentially go in a, a pretty bad direction as far as the uh, points total is concerned. And I know, uh, you know, I don't like to read too, too much into that, but I think the way that Vegas has put it down with uh, the Rockets only being within three points of this game, I'm going to say that I don't think it's going to be like that, man. LeBron is coming in angry on this game. You already have Dylan Brooks trying to talk smack to him again. Right? So this is not going to be a close game. And I think Cam Reddish is going to be in a position to be able to take advantage of some of that. Uh, I only went for two picks in this area. I decided to go for Cam Thomas's, I guess, counterpart in Mikhail Bridges at 7,600. Uh, he finally broke uh, 30 mark. I mean, he had 31 points the rest of the games. I think his career, his season high was 24 points, mm. which is great to see for Brooklyn because they needed some scoring from him. He had, was having a quiet uh, start to the season. Uh, so I think Mikhail Bridges at 7,600 uh, might be another player who can continue this streak and hopefully build some momentum on that game. And then on the cheaper side of things, I decided to go with Seti Osman at 4,200. Uh, Seti Osman is just a player who I I looked at his recent stat lines and he was been able to get around uh, 20 DK fantasy points. And at 4,200, you know, if you want to go for these high-end players like uh, Luka or Jokic, if you want to be brave, uh, you need players like Seti Osman at 4,200 who can also fill the stat sheet and also have uh, maybe a great night against the New York Knicks. And at 4,200, uh, I really like that budget price. Yep, fair enough. I said, I, I think we're kind of hitting the same kind of page here where there was just a lot more potential options that we liked on the guard side and on the forward side. It got a little bit less. Uh, I mean, to me, it's a good thing because there's just so many game games going on here that you want to yeah. be able to focus on who's important. But yeah, on the power forward side and really uh, kind of looking at guys who could be very much eligible for both the power forward and the center side over here. Uh, going back to what we're talking about as far as you know the opportunities that are starting to uh, come through for these people, especially in the scenarios where you, know, you might be seeing some of the shots go away. Going back to that uh, Cleveland OKC game, which you you know slightly mentioned with regards to you know, Lou Dort being questionable and a couple of other things come around. But what's kind of gone slightly under the radar is just how well Chet Holmgren has been playing for the last three games now. Right, straight up, even without having necessarily you know a light up the world. Uh, offensive uh you know offensive arsenal to him he's still been quietly averaging 17 points a game while pretty much being close to a double double on a nightly basis and as hyped up getting those block numbers which is really what is be making his uh fantasy line just so dynamic as far as having so much safety that even if he is shooting four or 14 as he did against atlanta in the last game he still finds himself over 245 dk points over here and 
you know, that Cleveland OKC game is very much going to be a matchup in which the bigs are going to be highly featured. You know that Cleveland is going to be jumping out there with both of their uh, both of their bigs at the front, both Evan Mobley and Jared Allen being there to be able to try and deter a little bit of what uh, Chet Holmgren is going to be getting. But what that means is that a lot of guard shots are going to be outside. I expect this to be a big rebounding game in general for uh, Chet Holmgren and on that same note for Mobley and Jared Allen as well. But just more and more featuring that's coming through as far as his offense is concerned is going to be what uh, OKC is looking for as far as their development is concerned. And then what you're looking for as far as a uh, DFS side of things is concerned as well. And then again, going going back to that uh, that Denver game, I feel like there's so many guys that you can potentially <laughs> go ahead and take out here. But man, Aaron Gordon saw the same thing. Like it's I think it's one of those scenarios where if you had you know a gun to my head and I'm being asked to pick between uh, MPJ and Aaron Gordon, I'd likely go with MPJ for being uh, $200 cheaper. But I think both of these guys are in an absolutely excellent position to be able to go ahead and get those numbers because of the fact that they're just going to find themselves with more time on the ball. When Jamal Murray's there, they just have a lot more that's coming their way with Jamal Murray being the one that's creating for them. But as we've seen, Aaron Gordon is starting to become a more important creator for this offense as well. Has averaged six assists in the last three games that he's played. And even if the rebound numbers might be slightly inflated, I don't know if he's going to average, you know, 10 rebounds a game as he has for the last little bit. It's clearly going to become one of those scenarios where Nikola Jokic, who's just involved in so many different things and is going to continue to obviously be a monster, is going to be so heavily relied on from a playmaking perspective that I do think he doesn't need to worry about getting you know, 15, 16, 17 rebounds a game. He's going to need that assistance from both Aaron Gordon and Michael Porter to help clean up some of that uh, some of that glass around him. So just adds more to the floor, and I'd like him for 6,700 alongside uh, the previously mentioned MPJ for 65. I actually do have a few power forwards, but also they have dual uh, eligibility. Uh, I have one player who me and you were talking about before the podcast, and that's Pascal Siakam, who has been struggling. Uh, but at 8200 he is a price that really intrigues me because we've known, especially last season, how high his price was. And especially in the game that we mentioned, there's no rim protectors. Of course, I mean, we've know, me and Harris know that Maxi Kleber is one of the Pascal Siakam stoppers. Uh, but I think this would be a great, oh, <laughs> this would be a great uh, coming out game for Pascal Siakam for the season. I mean, we know he's much better than how he's playing. And at 8200, I think especially in this type of game where they might go small ball and Siakam plays at center, I think this is a game where he needs to step up, especially because you're going against Dallas, who is six and one. I mean, they've been absolutely amazing and so far this season. And I think at 8200, he's a price I am willing to take the risk because I mean, like you mentioned multiple times, this is a 14 game slate. There's a lot of variations you can go with, and Pascal Siakam at 8200 might be the cheapest he gets. I also do like Isaiah Stewart in the case that Jalen Duran decides not to play again. Uh, Isaiah Stewart, only at 5600, had an amazing game last uh, last game. And, of course, he is going against Malky, so it might be tough to replicate, but he's been able to hit his three, and without Jalen Duran, it's still not a lot more responsibility on him to uh, grab some rebounds. Of course, because Jalen Duran was grabbing like around 14 to 15 rebounds per game, which was insane. Uh, so if uh, Jalen Duran decides not to play once again, I think Isaiah Stewart is someone to look at to adding to your slate. And at 5600, I think he is really affordable. And in a bit more cheaper than that is Grant Williams. Uh, I mean, just looking at this guy's stat lines, he was shooting around 67% from three in his three home games, which is absolutely insane. But I guess, I mean, with Luke and Kyrie, you get that space. And I do believe with the similar system that Toronto might play defense I think he might still get those opportunities to hit those three and he's been able to get around like I believe 25 uh plus DK fantasy points a good amount of times last game he did get only around 20 
Uh, but if he continues to play like this, at like he does in his home games, which he's been able to get you around 31, 38, and then I believe 12 in his first game. But the last two games, he's been able to get you over 30 DK fantasy points at home. And hopefully he can have a similar performance against the Raptors. Yeah, agreed. It's just that uh, pesky little guy that just finds different ways to be able to go ahead and be that annoyance in the game. So definitely someone to keep an eye on there. Moving on to the uh, to the center side over here, which is really the last area of focus on here. <laughs> so I would so to me, I was looking here in terms of kind of what our game total potentials are looking like over here. And a uh, one game that did stand out to me that uh, you know I don't like to focus too too much on it, but if it's something that's just absolutely standing out, I do want to take a look at it. And that's the Washington and Charlotte game over here. Apart from the fact that we're sitting at Vegas telling us it's going to be a 240 and a half game total. In general, I've been liking. Uh, the center rotation working around Mark Williams for the last uh, couple of games now. He's just continued to be that guy who's getting uh, the opportunity to not only be in a bunch of different lineups in which they're going ahead and uh, and fitting him in, but even if he's not necessarily getting you know 30 minutes a game, which he actually has been for the last uh, two games here now, uh, he is still finding ways to be able to not only rack up a near double double on a nightly basis, but he before the last game there had been getting about one and a half blocks a night on a regular basis as well. So for 6100 in a matchup where he's likely going to be getting the opportunity to feast on the fact that Washington really is uh, struggling as far as their uh, well, apart from struggling in general, they've just been horrible this year, the uh, the worst team in the league. But as far as specifically being able to defend on the front court. I think he's going to get a lot of opportunities from LaMelo Ball being able to go ahead and break down what has been a pretty porous defense as far as uh, Washington is concerned. And uh, he's going to be the uh, the big beneficiary as far as that goes. And then looking at kind of from a more expensive standpoint, and and this goes back to uh, that uh, Portland-Sacramento game, which you were kind of mentioning earlier as well. You know, one, I always like having exposure to the last game of the night, and it's going to be between the Warriors Nuggets and the Blazers Kings that are there. But DeMontis Sabonis, who is sitting at a cool 10K over here, is coming from a off and down game in the previous one over here. And in fact, they've had two bad games in a row against uh, the Houston Rockets, which, man, like it's uh, who would have expected them to get blown out not once but twice. But I do expect that we're going to get him uh, coming back to uh, some of that form over here in a matchup that he's going to enjoy and, in fact, has enjoyed in in the past over here. So Sabonis, to me, at 10,000 is one of those uh, expensive guys that I'm looking at to have a real real big night uh, coming into this game and likely going to be one of the centers that I'm willing to spend that much money on where people are perhaps otherwise looking at someone like a a Jokic or an Embiid on a night. Well, uh... I think this might be our first duel of the season because I'm going with DeAndre Ayton at 7,000. I think okay. uh, <laughs> the absence of Robert Williams definitely implies a lot more minutes mm. for DeAndre Ayton, and especially in this matchup. I mean, DeMontis Bonus, he's had some couple uh, down performances, but we all know at his at his peak, he's in the amazing center, and I don't think there's anybody else on that capable on that roster to put up a big physical force exception of DeAndre Ayton. And he only is at 7,000. Of course, he has had that struggle to get involved in some games. But Malcolm Brogdon, a guy who has been playing out of his mind, has been able to play amazing basketball. And DeAndre uh, has been inconsistent, like I mentioned. But, I mean, we've seen the performances where he's had, it, where he's had like 16 points and 10 rebounds. And, of course, uh, against the Sacramento Kings, where he will be playing a lot of minutes because, I mean, there's no one else who's going to stop Sabonis. I think he has a lot more opportunity to do that. To do that especially since Robert Williams is injured. 
Yeah, absolutely fair. I think that's uh, that is another place to be able to potentially look at. But you know, I guess we're gonna have this uh, gonna have this upside. I, I may have to give you a, a little bit of a, a spread on this because obviously Aiton is three thousand dollars cheaper than Demontis Sabonis. So how about let's just say who has the better uh, ratio as far as their uh, price tag is concerned? We'll consider that a winner going into this night. So. That's going to be something that we'll get a chance to uh, go ahead and look back on when we come together on the next week over here. But that does bring us to the end of, I said, a pretty loaded slate on here. We always talk about just how much uh, how much uh, a large slate like this can give you in terms of analysis paralysis. Don't find yourself in that kind of a situation. Look at uh, the players that are going to be giving you that potential upside for six, seven X, and then try to build around that with more than enough value pieces that are there. I, I guarantee you that there's going to be the vast majority of these guys that you think are going to be good in that 3000 range are probably going to be able to get you that five X plus that you're looking at. So the focus should be on who you consider your pillars to be. That's uh, it's kind of my takeaway from this. So definitely focus on that. And of course, give us your takes tell us what you think as far as uh, your lineups are concerned and you know, talk to me as you always do on Twitter. You can catch me there at HAK underscore devil, where you can get all the hottest takes about uh, what's going on as far as the latest NBA season is concerned, what the Raptors are doing. Cause you know, I'm always there as far as home games are concerned and where you can always give me a, uh, give me a little bit of uh, heat whenever you know, something doesn't work out, which well, it always does when it comes to these large games, but Ramiz, where can the people find you to be able to, you know, maybe share a little bit of that load with me. Well, they can also find me on Twitter at two nice W spelled T O zero underscore nice underscore. And you can also message me, especially after DeAndre and outplays Sabonis about how I'm much of a better player, uh, podcaster <laughs> I am than, uh, Harris Kermani. Fair. Yeah, that's all right. He can, he can take the solo from next week, but until then we'll go ahead and uh, wait it out till then. Get yourself subscribed to sports ethos on the DFS pass. If you haven't as of yet, but until then, let's see what 14 games on a Wednesday brings us. Let's take down some of them GPPs.